Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join us, she's right on the line right now, is Susan Bennett. You definitely know her voice. You might know, not know her her name. She's a voice actor and singer whose voice has appeared on hundreds of radio and TV commercials, GPS, and phone systems. And you know her best as the original voice of Siri. But before I bring her on the line, I just want to acknowledge uh, Veterans Day, and I'm so thankful for all those who give their lives for our safety and our freedom. Just very thankful and blessed. So thank you to all of those uh, who risk their lives for us. Okay, let's kick off the show with Susan Bennett. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. You're calling in from Atlanta? I am. Beautiful. Well, we've had such problems here lately, so that's a beautiful place to live. Yes, it is, except today we have torrential rains, but... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we have what you need over there on the West Coast. I feel like I'm about to break into a Rosanna Diana. It's always something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, before we get into, you know, your whole um, career, I want to back way up and ask you, what led you to become a voiceover actress? Well, actually, it was by accident. I was a, a singer. Uh, for a long time, I did a lot of jingles back in the 70s, and uh, one day the voice actor didn't show up to read the copy for one of the spots that we had sung for, and uh, the owner of the studio said, Susan, you don't have an accent. Come over here and read this copy. And so uh, being a freelancer, I went, oh, ding, 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 I can do this, <laughs> uh, something to add to the freelancer repertoire. So it was kind of accidental. Perfect. That's the best kind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it worked out great. <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't really have time to plan and think, and you just jump. Yes, exactly. So where did that lead? Because then you became the original voice of Siri, which is amazing. Well, that was many, many, many years later. Um, this, you know, I didn't do the recordings that became Siri until 2005. Mm -hmm. So I had decades of doing a lot of um, backup vocals for different people and singing um uh, lots of jingles and and then doing voiceovers for them as well. So I did a lot of commercial work. Now the name of my show is Get the Funk Out, mm -hmm. and the reason being is we all go through these ups and downs. And what I mean, maybe your road wasn't so rocky as compared to some of us that are in the voiceover industry. But what would you do to take care of yourself if things were a little bumpy? Oh well, that's kind of a difficult question. Um, I think that when you're in this industry, you pretty much have to accept rejection as a part of your life. Oh, yeah. And consequently, um, there, you're not going to win every audition, and you're, you're not going to be working every single second. And so the sooner you can embrace that, but with a positive you know, outlook, um, you're just going to be a lot happier. Right. And uh, that's, that's basically, basically the way I looked at it. Anytime I would do an audition, I just thought, well, you know, this is part of the job. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I really never let myself get into that, um, you know, because it's a, there are trends and there are people that, you know, they have their particular time and you, you, you have a different time and, and you, just, you just have to kind of just keep at it. And, um, and not let, uh, not let a, a bad attitude creep in. <laughs> you bet. I feel like rejection makes you stronger. 
Well, I, that's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, forget it. It's not true. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, rejection never feels good, especially no. if it's something that you would really like like to have, have gotten. Um, but it is part of the job. You know, it is it is part of the game that we have to play. And, and so the sooner you can learn to uh, not think of it as such a, a tragic or or super important thing in your life. Yes. You know, it's just it's just another job. So you just keep moving forward and try for another one. I have to share something with you. I, I've done many different voiceover auditions, and it's always the ones, like, you think you, you nailed it, at least for me, like, yeah, I got that. You know, I can see myself doing that. You don't get it. And then late one night, I got this audition, and I had to, had to audition for the voice of a bear, and not like a cartoon bear, like a real bear. So I'm online, I'm looking, and I'm thinking, maybe I won't do this. And I thought, just do it, because you never know. And I actually booked it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. It's um it's difficult in the technological age. Um I did most of my commercial work actually um probably in the 80s and 90s and mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, up to around 2005. Um it's the structure was very different then. It w- there was a structure as opposed to no structure now. Um by that, I mean the client would go to your agent and say, well, here's what I'm looking for, and can you set up an audition with maybe 10 or 15 people? Got it. And then you had a really good chance of winning that audition, especially if you were – I was uh, exclusive with Atlanta Models and Talent here. Mm-hmm. And so they would push me. You know, they would say, well, you know, you really ought to listen to Susan Bennett because blah, 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 blah. She yes. takes direction well. She's always on time. She never, you know, misses the gig. Yes. And, you know, so you had an advocate. And now with, uh, with technology and with everyone having um, his or her own booth at home or, you know, some little recording um, situation just on their own. Right. Uh, everyone is getting into the business. And so the competition is, Ridiculous. Huge. I, I mean, there's absolutely no, no way that, that the client or, or even the agent can listen to all of the auditions that are being done. And so I don't even know how people get win auditions these days. I have a friend who's a, an excellent voice actor, and he's also um, an art director. And he told me, he said, well, let me give you an idea of where things are right now. He said, okay. I, I have this little spot that's running uh, in Alabama, and it pays $150. He said, would you care to guess the number of people that auditioned for it? And I said, thinking <laughs> that I was being really extreme, I said, oh, I don't know, 100? He said, try 300. I believe that, yeah. And so consequently, my feeling is, well, well, how do they, how do they pick the person? And from what I understand, that it's, it's, it can be quite random. I thought and so. And so especially in this day and age, you can't feel bad if you don't win a gig. Yes. Um, it's just uh, there, there's so much competition. It's such probability because there's a huge pool and then you're just selected. And I've thought that, too, that if I'm one of a gazillion auditions, are they really getting to me? Are they really even listening? Right. Yeah. Well, I, I've gotten to the point in my career where if someone sends an audition, they say, well, we can't decide if it's male or female. I just delete. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's my, my chances have already dropped 50% right. or more there because uh, so many times uh, it's just, it's just unfortunately, um, the way the business is that uh, males get a lot more voice work. That's than what I heard. Female. Yeah. Yeah. I heard yeah. that's true for promo as well. Oh, particularly promo, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's still a man's world out there for voiceover. Right. I feel like you have to be uh, 
really diversified in your skill set. I've taken improv. I, that was a suggestion of a casting director, and I feel like you have to bring a lot to the table. Well, you really do, and you have to stretch, and you have to you have to make yourself as uh, versatile as possible so that your opportunities will be bigger, you know, mm-hmm. because, and you also have to let the people that you're working with, like agents, you have to let them know what you can do. You know, they may want to want to stereotype you. That's one of the reasons that it took me so long to reveal myself as the voice of Siri, because I knew I was going to be typecast, oh. and that has definitely happened. Um, and so you have to Keep the people that are in your corner <laughs> apprised of what you can do, you know, and, and the many different voices that you can um, project. And that's, that's kind of a constant thing because there are so many people involved that you just have to, you have to keep reminding people about yourself. Right, right. And the new things you're doing, and, um, and you have to really take care of yourself, obviously your voice, your health, everything. Yes, absolutely. You know, because so, you have to bring your A-game when you go into that audition. Exactly. So you married NHL hockey player Kurt Bennett. And, right. And then you moved to Atlanta. Uh-huh. And um, what has life been like in Atlanta as far as, you know, voiceover? Or doesn't it matter because of technology? Well, I think it's probably the same as everywhere else. Um, when I started, the business was totally different. As I said, there was a structure in place. Mm-hmm. You know, the client would, you would actually, sometimes you would audition even just, you know, physically in front of the client, you know, and so that is completely gone because of technology. Mm-hmm. And consequently, the little things that maybe you could have used as an advantage for yourself are gone. <laughs> yeah. Because now you're, now you're just a voice on a, on a big, huge, you know, reel with, with other voices that, are, that people are supposedly listening to. And um, so it really, it really affects the process. And, and I don't really, these days I don't even know how to tell people how to win auditions because it just seems so random now. Right. And um, so, you know, you just have to keep at it and keep busy. There, there are tons of uh, voiceover conventions going on all the time, different, uh, there's one for Atlanta that happens at the beginning of the year. And they're all over the country happening all the time. And it's, you know, it's probably helpful to attend uh, one of those conferences because they have, you know, advice and people that are working a lot now utilizing the technology to their advantage. So Yes. I feel like people also have to be careful that are just coming into the industry not to be scammed. There's a lot of different, you know, businesses that want to make your demo and do all this, and I think you have to really network and find the right people. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you de- definitely need to, to uh, do your research. Um, I think that's the toughest thing about everything that has resulted from the Internet, and that is that um, the middlemen are sort of uh, getting pushed aside, and the talent, each person is responsible for his or her career now. And for some of us, I'm, I'm basically an introvert, and so for some of us, self-promotion is, is not a fun thing. But, you know, it's, it really is important in this day and age that you figure out some way to get yourself out there. If you're, you know, if you're an introvert like myself, mm-hmm. then, you know, you need to figure out some way to, to uh, still get your voice heard out there. Okay. I love that you say you're an introvert because I feel like I'm an introvert. But when you go into that little booth and you're required to do the craziest, wacky character or something silly, I feel like you just tune everything out and you're in your own space and your own power. Yes, 
yeah. I mean, it's, I'm an introvert, but I can uh, rise to the occasion. Um, I do a lot of series speaker events now, mm-hmm. and I'll be standing up there in front of, you know, hundreds of people talking about Siri, and you wouldn't think that that would be something that I could do, but I can do it in um, short spurts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm not one of those people that, that's out there, you know, uh, dancing on tables and stuff like that. But I can rise to the occasion, and that is one nice thing. It's uh, the uh, the personal home booth is really an advantage for people who are introverts because that we just get to you know sit in our little booth and, and do our thing. Yes, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually kind of a positive thing for introverts now. <laughs> we get to sit in our little cave with our audio material surrounding us and exactly. do our thing and we're in yeah. our little safety yeah. zone. Yeah, it's the promotion stuff that can be a little tricky. Oh, sure. Um, because, well, you know, I, I don't even know how you do it nowadays because um, it's, it's such a totally different thing. And it I'm is. in, you know, a very different place than I was in previously when I, when I did tons and tons of different types of voiceover work. Sure. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Susan Bennett. I want to give out your website. It's SusanCBennettNNT.com. You have a TEDx talk up there, Accidentally Famous. Right. Uh, tell me about that. Well, it was one of the first uh, presentations that I ever did, and it really kind of got me started on uh, this particular aspect of my career. Um, it was just, it was done at Furman University, and uh it was kind of intimidating at first because you have to have everything totally memorized and uh, you have to keep it at, at a certain length. And so uh, it, was a, it was a bit of a challenge, but I discovered it was something that I could do and uh, something that was uh, actually pretty fun, act, you know, when, <laughs> when all right. was said and done. <laughs> and um, right now, are you still rocking out in uh, your soul band, rock and soul band, Boomers Gone Wild? Absolutely. Oh, oh yeah, we had that. one of the best nights we've ever had this past Sunday. And um, not last night, the week before. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's really, really great. How did that come about? Well, a friend of ours uh, who is a, an excellent musician was putting a band together specifically for oldies music. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he thought of my husband and myself, and uh, that, was, that was about four years ago now. So we've been doing it for a while. I love it. Any advice you'd give to people that are considering, you know, going into voiceover? I know it's really challenging. Well, you know, everybody's getting into it, you know, and and I think that just because of the nature of our culture with everything being um, digital stuff just sounds so much different than analog, and and it's... I'm not explaining this very well. It's okay. um, I think that the basics regardless of where the, the, you know, how you get your jobs. Um, the basics are you really have to be able to read. You really have to be able to act. Um, you have to be able to do a lot of different sounds and, and things like that to make yourself as versatile as possible. And so, you know, it's not enough just to have an interesting voice. Um, you have to, there are some skills involved, especially if you're going to get into technical things like technical reading, you know, like medical narrations and things like that. You can't, right. I mean, you've got to have some vocabulary. You've got to be able to read. If you're going to do commercial work, you've got to be able to read within, you know, a 15-second, 30-second, or 60-second, you know, sure. uh, period of time. Yeah. And so I think it's always important for people getting into this industry to have a coach, work mm-hmm. with someone. 
to help you put together a, um, a good demo. Um, and now, the suggestion that was given to you is what I give to people as well, and that is take an improv class. Right. Because it really helps you think on your feet and, and try different things and, and just get over the fear of it, too. I mean, I think sometimes... Um, it's a disadvantage that we're sitting alone in our booths at home and, and trying to guess, you know. I know. <laughs> I mean, you'll get these long descriptions of what they're looking for. Yes. And then you're, you're sitting there in your booth trying to decide exactly what they're, what they're looking for. And it can be intimidating. And so consequently, it's, it's, a, it's good to be able to just kind of jump out there and, 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 and um, take, that, take that big step to not be afraid to just throw something out there. I agree. I know because the descriptions of what they want are um, non-announcer, conversational, right. the best friend, the storyteller, on and on and on. Well, the <laughs> thing that I find funny about that, con- you know, make it conversational, and I feel like saying, well, maybe if you wrote it conversationally, <laughs> we'd have a better chance of making it sound conversational. Oh, I, I don't no. have never had a conversation that sounded like this, like what you have written. <laughs> exactly. I know. Yeah, yeah. It it really they. I think what it is is they don't really know what they want, and yes. I think they'll know when they hear it. Right. And, uh, in fact, I've worked with several different voice coaches just because I think it's important to, to keep yourself, um, you know, in the moment and, and in touch with what, what they're looking for in the advertising world these days. Right. And I had one woman tell me, she said, oh, don't pay any attention to those, those <laughs> descriptions. That's... Because sometimes what you, you'll get is... Uh, You'll get so many adjectives describing what they're looking for that by the time, <laughs> like the first thing that they ask, it sounds nothing like the last thing that they're asking for. So you kind of have to try to get a feel, read the directions, and then get a feel for what you think they're looking for, and then give them that, and then do a second read that's entirely different. Yes. You know what I used to do, Susan, when they would say, we want you to sound like this actress and that actress? They'd name like four actresses. Right. I would look them up, and I would listen to the texture of their voice, and, and, you know, an hour later, and then now I'm thinking, okay, I can't spend all that time. I mean, it's me they're they're buying into. I can't pretend to be somebody else. I'm not right. doing a voice match. Right. You know. Anyway, it's crazy. It's a, it's a tough industry, but it's a fun one and it can be very exciting. Oh, it can. Yeah, it really can. But, you know, what I tell people is, you know, don't quit your day job quite yet. You right. know, people think uh, that they're going to just jump right in and get this, you know, national spot that pays thousands of dollars and and I'm sure that that's happened a time or two <laughs> right. in the history of voice work. But, you know, it's, it's not the norm, and it probably isn't going to happen uh, for you. So it's, it's always good to just, um, you know, try to, try to have a good sense of what's going on and, and what you're really dealing with, which is a lot of competition. Yes. And you can't let that, you know, hold you back. You've just got to accept that as part of what, you know. Years ago, I guess maybe it's, it's as many as 10 years ago now. Okay. People didn't really know what voiceover was. You know, if I, someone asked me what I did, I'd say, well, I'm a singer and voice actor. What's that? Mm-hmm. You know, and now it's just become this big thing. As I said, there are, like, conferences happening all over the country all the time <laughs> for mm. voiceover stuff. And so all of a sudden, and you've got these big production companies like Voice123 and Voices.com, and then you've got millions of agencies, and uh, yes. there is so much competition. Unfortunately, uh, 
there was another structure that was in place years ago that was very advantageous for the talent, and that is the union. Right. Um, the union work would, I mean, they had strict rules, and people had to play by those rules. And, you know, you paid a certain amount. If they used the commercial again, you got paid again. Yes. And all that wonderful stuff. And that's pretty much, as far as voice work goes, uh, that's not happening very much anymore, which right. is a real shame because it was a very a positive thing for the talent. And now it's basically the, the seller that gets to uh, that call the shots. You know, yes. and um, unfortunately, you've got a lot of people who are undercutting with pricing, and so it's it's kind of a I, I've called it the voiceover wild west. You know, it's I kind agree. of a, <laughs> it's a good term for yeah. it. Yeah, no, that's an exact term for it: the wild west of voiceover. Yep. Yeah, and I I love that you're a singer and you do other things because you can't just bet on one thing. Right. Well, particularly in this culture. You know, and also most people that are in voiceover come from something else. They were either, you know, singers or DJs or, you know, they had some other, that, or actor, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's true for voiceover as it is for just, you know, regular uh, film or TV or, or theat- theatrical acting. You know, I mean, it's nothing is assured, nothing is guaranteed. You're doing what you're doing because... You have the a talent for it, and because you love it, and uh, you know, hopefully, yeah. you'll get enough stuff happening that you can make a living at it. Um, but it's it is a tough road. It's it's um, you know, it never changes. You're you're constantly having to to audition. Yes, and uh, so that you know, the more comfortable you can become with the auditioning process, you know, the more power you're going to have for yourself. <laughs> you know what I want to ask you? You've been singing all your life, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you feel like singing has given you a certain strength? I mean, that's you've sung jingles and all these other things. That sounds like that would really add to your uh, portfolio of talents. Well, I think the coming from a music background, is, it helps just with timing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it just helps with the rhythm of the way you're speaking, you know, and depending on what, what you're trying to sell if you're, you know, doing a commercial. Um, it, yeah, music definitely helps. Absolutely. You know, just, just just to have the innate rhythm of what you're trying to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I my takeaways from this are keep working on your craft. You know, find some good people to work with, obviously, so you don't get scammed in this industry. And, you know, do a variety of things so you have a good skill set. Right. You know. Where can people find out more about you? Well, pretty much on my website, susancbennett.com. And um, that's probably the best place. Okay. Are you on, I think you're on Twitter, though, right? Oh, yeah. I think I've got, like, two million followers. <laughs> Is that uh, all? Oh, that's it? Yeah. It's, well, <laughs> you know, the social media thing, I, it's hard for me to embrace that because it, it requires so much time. I know. And there's so little gain from it, from what I can see. So oh, yeah. I basically have, uh, my son's very involved in social media, and I do have a company that, that has helped me get those two million followers. So um, I, you know, I, uh, I don't spend as much time on it as I probably should, but uh, I'm on LinkedIn and at Twitter, my, it's at Seriously Susan, Siri, S-I-R-I-O-U-S-L-Y. Cute. And that's also for Instagram. And um, and my Facebook page is Susan Bennett via Susan Bennett Dash Voice of Siri. 
Fantastic. Anything else you'd like people to know about you before we wrap? Oh, <laughs> well, not really. Okay. I mean, I, I think you've got it down. I'm, uh, you know, a singer and a voice actor and uh, live in Atlanta, Georgia. And, and that's uh, anything else you need to know is probably on the website. It is with your TEDx talk, too, which was wonderful. Oh, well, thank you. SusanCBennett.com. Thank you so much for calling in, Susan. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's been great. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Susan Bennett. And if you missed any part of this, it is going to be up on my show blog. Right now, you can find her bio and all the details about Susan up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I am on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. I do not have 2 million followers, but that's okay. Uh, KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. We're on Instagram at KUCI-FM, Tumblr, blog.kuci.org and Facebook, KCI 88.9. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to hear uh, my conversation with Bree Howard Darling from uh, the group Fanny, and uh, that was a conversation I had with her last week, and then I had one with June Millington, and that will air at another time as well. She's part of the band as well. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. (laughs) 